As promised, it's a big day here on Gray Matters because I, I'm not by myself. For the I, I'm not lonely anymore. For the, first time, for the first time on Gray Matters, we have we have brought a new person, a new member into the fold, and I, I need to welcome I need to welcome you. And right now, it's Rachel Moore is going to be producing the show. And welcome, Rachel. Uh, a great big welcome. How are you feeling? Uh, well, I I'm a little groggy. Um, I think we talked off air that coffee should be part a staple of my diet but I'm great I'm actually really excited to be here and be part of gray matters and chat with you about all the things yeah so. uh, good stuff well just so people have context it's it's early in the morning it's when we're recording this first uh, this first of our of our team-based podcasts so gray matters as as anybody listening to the podcast should know is dedicated for to baby boomers and gen x helping you understand the world of the online world and, and how to build an online business a side hustle etc and well represented in the baby boomer <clears throat> and gen x genre is me but I represent the baby boomers very well. And so I'm hoping now I'm not insulting you by calling you a Gen X. You are a Gen X. I never really asked you. I am a total Gen X. Okay. I own it proudly, but uh, I have the heart of a millennial. So hopefully my heart can even represent or speak to that part. But yeah, I'm a Gen X. Now, are all you the talking the good parts of the millennials or the irritating parts of the millennials? I want to say the cool parts, the millennials, <laughs> like the ones that are up on the tech, you know, and, uh, you know, trying to keep up with my kids who are, you know, always way ahead of me now, but, uh, yeah, but I, I am a whole, I mean, a family ties all over that stuff. Gen X, we were watching, uh, we've been watching a show lately that goes through all the John, all the eras and I wholeheartedly embrace my Gen Xedness. Okay. Total, total sidebar, non sequitur. Uh, I worked on Michael J. Fox's very first television series ever. You did not. I grew up, I grew up like six blocks from him. What? Yeah. He, 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 the very first TV series he did was a TV series lost in antiquity now called Leo and me, which was a TV series that the CBC produced a studio comedy sitcom that was produced in studio at the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation here in Vancouver. And I was, uh, I, at that time I was a struggling actor myself and, uh, as a struggling actor, I'd never gotten anywhere near as many roles as did Michael J. Fox, but I worked on the stage crew for that on the crew for that uh, particular I show. wish you could see my face right now. It's like, I, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's really still, cool. He was still in, he was just in high school. He was like in grade 10. He was like 14 at the time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Fangirling so, Same height he is I love now. Michael J. Fox. Exact same height. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, the, 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 these are the facts that our audience doesn't necessarily need to know. What they do need to know is what qualifies you to be the producer, to, to hold the future. Uh, of of gray matters in your hands. Well, and now I feel like Atlas with the world on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, so I have worked in digital marketing for about ten years. Twelve. I mean, I started my first Twitter account for a brand was in two thousand eight. So I've been in you know social and digital for over a decade. And uh, I uh, basically I love content. I like producing it. And even from like my early days in doing a little bit of graphic design here and there and layouts and writing, but then tech, whoo, technology and communication just kind of merged as we all know it today. I mean, it's the reason why we're able to sit and talk on a video recording and also be able to broadcast. I still remember when podcasts were like the first, the first time they were cool. Mm. Um, but since, since that time I have started uh, doing video editing, doing podcast recording. Uh, I do live stream shows uh, and, and and again, all the other digital stuff that we're used to seeing with social web, email and things like that. So I bring that to you, oh, Gray Matters folks. And uh, I hope to bring those skills and make sure this this show is as 
good as it can be. And hopefully I'm a good addition to it. And uh, that's that's why I'm here and happy to be here. Well, you're welcome. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to having a partner in crime. And what we were looking for, uh, and we looked for a long time to find a producer for the show, is somebody who I could bounce ideas off of that would bring a different perspective than just mine. I think that uh, because we cover such a gamut of different different types of people for or that, that this podcast is dedicated to, I felt it would be really valuable to have uh, to have an extra voice, an extra perspective. And frankly, from a pur- purely selfish point of view, it's a lot easier to riff about these different topics, moving the ball downfield, than it is for me to compose it all as a solo podcast. So there's the, I, there's still going to be uh, lots of times when I do solo sessions, when we have guests on board. But Rachel and I will at least, at the very least, at the top and tail of every podcast, set things up for you. And then uh, put a button on it, make sure that we uh, that we uh, cross all the T's and dot the I's at the end of the podcast. And Rachel will make sure that she gets the, the Gen Xers perspective <laughs> into into the content uh, of the week. And then you're going to a big part of your responsibility is going to be distribution and helping to grow the podcast because it is uh, there are it is my focus this year to to see it grow uh, and, and to really put put as much energy behind the podcast. So because it's important to me, I've asked you to do it. <laughs> well, I am happy to do it. And I'm really excited about it because like, you know, I am Gen X. My my parents are obviously are boomers and I really kind of thrill whenever they tap into any technology I'm familiar with. So uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to be a catalyst and help with that. So let's do this. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for baby boomers and Gen X who are interested in online business. We are interested in finding our place in the digital age. In this podcast, you'll learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, and more, all from our perspective. The world's changing. Our prospects are changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore, and many of us face a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need to take our years of experience and put it to work for us, a side hustle or online business of our own. We need to develop mad skills to adapt and evolve in order to thrive in this digital age. I can help. I want to help. And this podcast will help. It wasn't that long ago that I was struggling to transition from my former career in traditional broadcasting into online business. There were lots of bumps and bruises along the way, but I'm here to say it is a fantastic and worthwhile journey. I am glad you found us. One of the things that I'm hoping to do each week here on the podcast, Rachel, is to kind of touch on the important stories that are that are percolating about in the social media and marketing space, and so that we can stay on top of some of the changes because they are there are changes aplenty. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask you uh, first of all, what what what's your take on uh, you're an Android user, correct? I am. I'm an Androider. Yeah. So the Apple world right now, we're all a Twitter over the fact that we are about to uh, be offered or or on our iPhone, we are going to get a notification at some point over the next couple of weeks. We will be getting notifications when uh, we are in Facebook and when we start to go to different sites. Apple is going to be flashing up notification that says, quote, allow Facebook to track your activity across other companies' apps and websites. Apple is putting permission, opt-in, ad tracking onto our smartphones. What do you think? 
I am mixed about mm. this. I'll be honest. I've worked in social advertising. So from the advertiser's perspective, I imagine they're all throwing back their heads and howling mm -hmm. at this particular development. It's always about pivoting and trying to get your ad in front of the eyeballs you want to see it. And uh, Facebook's and Google actually uh, have done some changes in the last few years where they're even narrowing a lot of the targeting you can do on advertising to where if your ad is related to housing or credit or employment or politics, uh, that was a recent addition, uh, that you cannot target by demographics. So you can't target like... You know, if you wanted to go put an ad out like for gray matters and say, oh, I want, you know, just this group to see it. You can't you you could do it for your podcast. But if you had those one of those other ad, you know, advertising op options, like for if you were trying to hire somebody, you couldn't you would mm -hmm. not be able to target lots of reasons around that that are good. The impact obviously hits advertisers. So from an advertiser standpoint, they're probably freaking out from the user experience. I mean, look, if I saw that pop up. And I, you know, everyone listening probably can imagine if you see that pop up on your phone and you have an option to, to not have someone track you, <laughs> I, I imagine they're going to opt out of the tracking. Exactly. It's hit everybody. So, yeah, it's great for privacy, but not great for people who want to advertise. So I can't imagine people are very happy about it on the. The, the back end side, you know what I mean? For years and years, as I was, was working on my TV show in the past and early radio shows, it was always Apple versus Microsoft. It was all out war. It was one, it was, it was almost religion, which operating system you wanted to choose. And Apple was always the smaller and Microsoft was bigger and it was David versus Goliath and all of that was happening. And then since then, we've had these other little skirmishes, you know, Facebook fought with Google and Amazon fights with Facebook and then Amazon fights with Apple over music and then music war continues to Google. But these are all border skirmishes. This is the beginning of all out war because the thing is not millions, not billions, but trillions of dollars are at stake. The entire infrastructure of the online advertising world is, uh, is being undermined by this move by Apple. And I'm like you, I'm completely torn right down the middle on, on this. Actually, we just put a poll on the gray zone Facebook group asking what you will do. If you will accept it, accept it for some advertisers or block everybody. And I suspect most people are going to block most, if not all. And mm -hmm. as you say, for privacy, it, it makes total sense. But here's the thing. We, we very quickly forget the dark days that were only 10 years ago, you know, before we could pixel somebody and we could track somebody and we could identify a, uh, identify a custom audience to advertise to using Facebook or using Google, we used to just, or the, we used to just get block advertising. And what mm -hmm. happened is it sunk down to the lowest common denominator. I'm sure you, do you remember the, in our, the, uh, the spam advertising that came into email? For oh, Russian yeah. brides, breast and penis enlargement, uh, supplements, yeah. there was never anything that was truly of value. Right. They weren't able to use anything to actually say, is this relevant to you? You you just got the whole gamut. And it was incredibly annoying, you know, big turnoff. The first time I got a fly fishing ad, somebody advertising a fly fishing product to me, I was like, <laughs> wow, this is, it's relevant advertising to me. And so, but now we are, you know, we're up in arms and we conflate the concept of privacy and we conflate that with this, with these advertising strategies, some rightfully and some wrong. I mean, to be sure we've got base, you know what? It's almost like watching Facebook and Apple duke it out here. I kind of feel like I'm watching two football teams who I hate both competing for the championship and having to cheer for one of them. Yes. 
in like the you game. have to figure out like god i really don't like both of you so which one do i hate less and i'll pull mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. you're right so you're so right though it is it is a uh, the magnitude of this th it's just a ripple effect that's going to be huge so it'll be interesting well the advertising obviously is going to be affected dramatically yeah. and google is looking at it and all of the other platforms are looking at it and i imagine that it will appear on your android phone in the not too distant sure. future if apple is successful in, in pushing this through and it's you know i would if i had to come down on one side though if you had to come down on one side on it whose side do you come down on i'm going i i'm going with privacy y'all um i i, I data is the mm -hmm. the currency right now you might think it's mm -hmm. dollars or or yen or euros it's not our data is the currency today so that the more you can <laughs> control it your data and not let up just hand it over because really frankly the reason we get to use facebook this phenomenally huge power engine of of interaction we use it for quote unquote free it's not free we're giving them our data mm. and so that's our currency exactly. and so i do come down on that side it's like protect your currency and it kills me to say this but i'm actually a little bit more in the camp of facebook in this and here's the reason is i don't trust either of them I don't trust Apple. I don't trust that Apple is doing this with our best interest mm -hmm. at heart. This is all part of Apple controlling their ecosystem, yep. in my opinion. And they're less transparent about that than Facebook is. Facebook, their, their avarice is right there to see. We know what they want. We want to know everything about you so we can sell it. Please let us continue to do that. With Facebook, I know what I'm dealing with. I know the devil. With Apple, I'm not mm -hmm. so sure. And that is, and I'm in, and I've, been a long time Apple user. I'm deep, deeply embedded in the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. Um, so I'm concerned about that. And I'm concerned about the one thing that closing off avenues like this that are open and now we understand and we have open dialogue about when we start to close off these avenues, then new techniques will emerge and maybe they're going to be more nefarious. That's right. Maybe they're not going to. So, so it's the devil I know that I'm going I, for and I'm choosing for it. And for me to choose to support Facebook in anything. I'd rather have dental surgery without any <laughs> freezing. You know, I just, it just kills me to do You're, this. It's really a good point that you bring up though, because uh, it, you do feel like there's, you, you know, Facebook, you know what they're about, you know that they're out there, but you're, you bring up a really good point that that data, just as we should see it as the most valuable currency today, they see it that way. They will do mm. whatever they have to. Um, and as we know, uh, they'll do it and ask for forgiveness later if they get caught. So absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And both, both, both enterprises are, are guilty yes. of that. I have a question for you. This is your first day on the job. Do you look at this new assignment working with us here producing the gray matters? Do you look at it as a side hustle or as a gig? I look at it as a side hustle. Do you do? I think you're right. And I am going, let's, uh, I, we're going to transition now. I, I, I want to talk now about the, the challenges that we have, especially baby boomers, understanding the difference between side hustle and uh, the gig economy, because I believe that we're conflating the two, that people consider one to be really related to the other. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. We're, I'm going to be discussing the gig economy versus the side hustle and how important it is for baby boomers and Gen X to understand the differences and the opportunities that both have. 
Gray Matters is a production of Dottotech. There's a lot more to us than just this podcast. Nearly every week, we host a free online training called Webinar Wednesday, but we could not create any of this content without the generous support of our patrons. Dottotech is a community-funded channel, and I want to express my gratitude to those of you who support us each and every month, keeping us on the air. If you value the content we deliver here, please consider supporting us. Visit patreon.com slash dottotech, and we have perks. Most of our members contribute $10 a month, and for that, they receive access to over 150 trainings we've delivered on Webinar Wednesday, as well as discounts on our other premium courses, plus one great perk for this community. Access to Don't Retire, Rewire, a great primer for those of you considering launching an online business of your own. Once again, to all our patrons, we would not be here without you. My thanks to you. And those of you considering joining us, I think it's a great idea. But I have to admit, I am a bit biased. I'm increasingly concerned that there's a bit of a trap out there that baby boomers and Gen X are falling into. A bit of a, perhaps we're being lulled into a false sense of security because of a couple of terms, I think, that are being bandied about. Now, now both of these terms are representing really interesting and I think dynamic movements as far as employment and as far as the future of work is concerned. But I think we're combining them into a single, into into kind of a single entity and they are very separate. They're very different specifically. And I'm talking about side hustles because I see them as very, very different. Although I think a lot of us kind of conflate them together. So essentially, the gig economy, as far as I am concerned, is on-demand talent. It's when you hang a shingle, when you make yourself available for piecework that you are going to be paid for either by the hour or by the by by producing a single piece of uh, a type of work, like producing a blog post or a blog article. But it is not ongoing employment. It is based on assignment, based on need, and you're being paid. Basically trading your time for dollars directly, trading time for dollars. That is the gig economy. And it is, it's a terrific option, especially for baby boomers and Gen X. As we move out of the traditional workforce, we might be looking for additional opportunities for income. We might be looking to keep busy. We might be, there's a lot of reasons that it really works well for us and we fit very well into that system. But There is no room for growth. There's no evergreen or passive income opportunity attached to it. As long as you are only going to be paid for hours you spend or for work you produce. That is the gig economy. A side hustle, on the other hand, is a growing entity. It's taking your skills and investing them in a business of your own, something that you can turn into or could could turn into a business of your own. It could be a part-time business, but it could grow into a full-time business. And as I read the articles, as I look at the different magazines talking about different opportunities we have and the future of work, I see them often kind of being confused and, and, as I say, conflated one into the other. So I think we should talk about the strengths and concerns for both the gig economy and the side hustle. Now, as far as the gig economy is concerned, the biggest concern that I have about it 
is it seems to be this panacea that's out there as an insurance policy for baby boomers and Gen X who are being marginalized and being slowly forced out of the workforce. That, okay, don't worry, yes, you have been a manager at a, an insurance company for the last 30 years, but there's always the gig economy. You can go and you can get another job, you can still make some money in the gig economy. And in truth, you can. But it's not going to be anywhere near taking advantage of the skill, or very seldom is it going to be taking advantage of the unique skill set that you've developed and the premium that you are able to charge for that skill set. So what's a typical gig economy job? Well, they're jobs like uh, delivering for Amazon or writing uh, some social media posts. They are fairly low-hanging fruit. And here is what my biggest concern, well, one of my biggest concerns is the marketplace seems to be looking at baby boomers and Gen X that are aging out of the workforce, I think wrongly, but we are aging out of the workforce. There's no doubt about that. But they look we they look at us as a almost a sort of an immigrant workforce coming into this piecework world where they can pay us far less for really reliable and good quality work. It's almost like we are the new generation of pickers coming in to 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 pick the fruit and to, and to harvest the crops. And I hope that that's not taken out of context, but I believe that the long-term relationship value of us is we're just a number. We just fulfill a slot to get a job done, and then there's no long-term relationship with the company. But I'm not sure... It's really understood on our side. I'm not sure that the gig economy worker realizes that these uh, assignments that we're receiving have very, very little in the term of long-term benefits to us, other than the dollars that we are paid for that particular moment. We're very much a disposable workforce at that point. I don't think that's necessarily what all baby boomers and all Gen X are looking for as they exit traditional workforce and look for the work 2.0, the next version of their life. Now, as it turns out, baby boomers are really well equipped to work within this space. Uh, there's a company that places uh, gig economy workers. It's called Wanolo. They're a large outsourcing firm that finds and marries the, the individuals to the jobs. And they recently re released a report that talks about how different generations end up uh, engaging in the gig economy. And the gig economy was kind of grown by millennials, so you think they would be the strongest players in the millennial marketplace. But according to this report released by these folks at Winolo, uh, millennials earn around an average of $771 a month in their infrastructure of the gig economy. Gen Z, the youngest generation in the workforce, earns about $616 a month, so about $150 less. But Gen X, they earn about $950 a month, which is nearly $200 more than millennials. And baby boomers, we earn a whopping $1,003 a month in, the, in that marketplace. So are these numbers turning your crank? Are you saying, wow, I can hardly wait to get out into the gig economy where I can earn a staggering $1,000 a month working within this, within this infrastructure? You see what I see? You see what I'm saying? about our work possibly being undervalued. But there should be no surprise when we take a look at the jobs that they're talking about filling. Uh, when they've got a, a graphic on their website that talks about the different jobs, try these different jobs. And those jobs include warehouse operations, general labor, uh, delivery drivers, 
food production, event staffing, wa- uh, washing and cleaning. That's, that's a job. Administrative and merchandising. So you can see that they are what we would have considered to be low-skill jobs. And the, and the biggest the biggest asset you can bring is being reliable and on time because there's no creative work here. There's no content creation. There's no really creative aspect uh, or managerial aspect that's being asked for. These are very much, very pedestrian jobs, I think would be the, the proper way to put it. And I trust that I'm not insulting anybody because obviously these jobs have to be done. We realize how important they are. But I think we can also recognize by the numbers that are being shared by this site that the compensation for employment is right at the bottom end of the scale. Now, on the other side of the equation is the side hustle. And uh, Forbes recently released a publish or published an article called The Nine Best Side Hustles for 2021. And here we they don't talk about numbers and how much money you can earn, but they are talking about work 2.0 in an entirely different way if we take a look through it. As we look through the list uh, that they're sharing, and I'll share a link in our show notes here for this, uh, they are, have tutoring where you can work with school-aged children and help tutor them, especially with the pandemic and school shutdowns, additional support for, for the education systems needed. Tutoring is a interesting opportunity that you can build a side hustle and you could possibly build an ongoing business because if you stop and think about if you're tutoring, you can be creating course and training materials and you can be finding ways to leverage it. And the numbers that they're talking about are significantly more than the, uh, than the dollars being bandied about in the t- traditional gig economy. But then, for, but then here's where I get a little bit concerned even about what they're saying about this is Forbes then talks about others, other side hustles being managing Facebook ads for small businesses. That's number two. Or becoming an online freelance writer. Number three. Number four is a freelancer in the career of your choice, which is a broad, <laughs> a broad uh, offering that they're being put in place creating online courses, becoming a social media manager, providing local services, which I'm not too sure what that means, and voice acting. So they they talk through these, you know, these kind of eight different jobs, which most of them require some real specialty. Now, that is appealing to those of us coming out of the workforce. The chances are that we've developed some unique skills in our time and employment, and they will translate into some of these higher value, more niche applications. But here is the challenge, is how do you tie the talent that you have for your side hustle to a employer? Now, in the for the low-hanging fruit, though the sites that we were talking about earlier, they do that. They do they provide that brokerage service. But it's far more subtle finding freelance writers. At this point here, if you're looking at developing online courses or being a voice actor or develop or doing freelance writing or managing social media campaigns for companies, you need to have a increased number of skills, obviously, but you also have to have a platform. In other words, a way for you to get your skill set placed in front of the people who need that skill set. And this is the thing which is not talked about. They talk about side hustles and they talk a lot about gig economy as things that you can just go out there and apply or sign up for some service and the work will start to flow into your lap. This may be true in 
gig economy type jobs, doing driving services, cleaning services, food preparation services. Yes, those jobs may be, maybe these services may do a very good job of brokering the relationship between employee and employer. But these other services are going to require some personal marketing. So the ability for you, for the individual to get their unique value proposition out there and a far more creative approach to, to promoting themselves in the public. Now, I don't want you to take my comments here as a criticism of the space. I fully believe that a side hustle is uh, one of the things that we sh- many of us should be striving for. Really, much of this podcast is dedicated to teaching you how to create your side hustle, grow your side hustle into full-time business, to do the things I'm talking about, to get yourself in front of the people as well as develop the products and services that are going to carry the day, that are going to be successful. But I worry that so many of our peers think that this is just a switch that you flip. That when uh, when you walk out of the office with that little box, a cardboard box of your last twenty years in your hand or thirty years in your hand, and you enter the, and you come out of the workforce, the traditional workforce, into the shall we call it work two workforce, that these these opportunities will just start to fall into your lap because Forbes magazine says these are great things to do as a side hustle. The earlier you start preparing for this the better. We should be paying attention to the fact, if we are actively employed, that at some point we are going to be squeezed out of the marketplace. And the skills that we are using right now to deliver our job are could well end up helping us in the future, but we are going to have to develop additional skills, additional understanding, the concept of content marketing, of building your own platform, of how you share and how you find a community and how you present yourself to the public in this new digital age. Those are all the skills that you are going to want to build. If not, you're going to be falling back on old skills that got us our first job way back in the day, which include like signing up for an employment service, filling out a resume, and then taking any job that's available and hopefully working your way up through the ranks. Except if you go into the gig economy, there is no working up through the ranks because there are no ranks. There's just rank. There's just, you do the job, you get paid, you do the next job. There's no improving yourself per se with a few exceptions, obviously. However, preparing yourself for a side hustle, starting a side hustle early, even just to the point of educating yourself on the tools and the opportunities will put you in good stead. When that fateful day comes with uh, when you get a knock on the door and you walk into your boss's office and sitting next to your boss is the head of HR and a bad day commences. Did you know that we host a free live training almost every week? This is a fact. Most weeks we host a free tutorial webinar covering productivity, content creation, or online marketing. It is called Webinar Wednesday, and you can find out this week's webinar by visiting dototech.com slash webinar Wednesday. It is the best way for you to up your skills to the next level for free. Join us. Links are in the description or just visit dototech.com slash webinar Wednesday. 
So now you know why I asked you uh, before uh, before what we ran my little editorial there on if you considered what we were doing to be a gig or to be a side hustle. I do, and I you know I like the way you defined the two. Um, I'll give I'll share an example. My husband, uh, we're both late in life or uh, college graduates. I was mm. on the like twenty year plan, <laughs> just <laughs> here and there, here and there. I finally graduated in two thousand fourteen with a bachelor's. He just graduated, but while he was in school, he was going full time. He drove for Lyft, and so or he drove for a uh, you know a car share service, mm-hmm. and so uh, that that's but that's a gig that's a gig he did. He wasn't in no way planning to keep doing that. But he also was in no way planning, oh, I'm going to work my way up that particular ladder of that company. And he didn't want that. He just wanted something to earn some money, you know, that, you know, wasn't intending to grow. He wanted to do it for the meantime so he could do other things. It was entirely transactional. Exactly. Whereas, you know, I, you you know, you'd ask me about this position on this, on the show. I see that as a side hustle because it's like, it's stuff I'm already trying to grow. Uh, I want to keep growing what I do in production and in, you know, podcasting, live streaming, whatever this feeds into that. This is something that not only can help the show, but can help me. Mm-hmm. And, and there is growth opportunity. I thought that was a really astute uh, definition to define the two, which unfortunately, as we're seeing in some of these articles, they're not necessarily defining it. Yeah. The difference. And, and we, a lot, one of the things is we did our research and we'll share, we will share in the, uh, in the show notes links to the articles that we used for our research on this. But what it, it, it kind of almost concerns me that there's this kind of gloss or this, uh, this soft focus being put on uh, the repurposing of our careers that's happening to baby boomers and Gen X. And that we, uh, we, we I don't think we're paying attention to the trauma that that is happening uh one of the one of the articles t- uh, illustrated the percentage of people who they say this very nicely separated from employment that's the term that they use the percentage of people separated from employment voluntarily versus involuntarily isn't that a nice way of putting it but the percentage <sighs> was 60 percent of people were involuntarily separated from employment once you're over the age of 50. In other words, 50% of us were kicked out on our asses. That's exactly what it is. I hate that they just, it's so flippant. Yes. Like, that's unfortunate. And you, you got, you got over it within a day, right? You know? well, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like you've spent 40 years building a reputation, investing everything that you have into whatever it is you do. Uh, but so, and then, and then for the people to say, well, you know, you've got the gig economy or you could do a side hustle and the gig economy has to be recognized as this transactional, almost a grind that, that, that that's available. And it may, it may well work for some people. You may be at that point where you just need that little top up or you just need a place to go to feel busy. And, and I totally get that. Sure. But for our community, for the people who tune in to this podcast, Preparing yourself, preparing the skills that you need in order to make it a side hustle, something that you're passionate about, something that you vest in, something that you, that, that returns value, something that gives back. Just as Rachel said, you know, the fact that she's working here now because it gives something back as well as something forward. You're paying both ways, finding that that is, that's what we're dedicated to. And so I thought this was a good topic for us to to start with as you as you as you start your new side hustle with us here on Gray Matters. Well, you brought up at the end of the um, you know kind of encapsulating it it's that you know people need to market themselves. This isn't just about flipping a switch that you can just start doing it. You have to have 
I mean, it's, it's, you know, everybody probably can relate. It's as important as building that network through your whole career. The people, you know, are, can, can make or break, you know, your opportunities throughout your career and even beyond it when you get quote unquote involuntarily separated from your, your, this job you've had for decades. But, um, but yeah, there's so much more to it and you have to, especially today's, you know, digital where people will go Google, <laughs> let me, let me learn about you or go check you out before I trust that, you know, everything you're doing, you have to have like personal branding and marketing. And I mean, I was thinking, well, you know, you were talking through stuff. I was like, shoot, everyone who wants to do something like this or anticipates you might need a side hustle. You better go buy your own domain right now. You know, oh. like just have something yeah, <laughs> that yeah. you can build on. Yeah. Just, just putting the, putting the foundation in place so mm-hmm. that when it, if it does happen, that your plan B is your plan B. It's not what Forbes magazine thinks is going to be. Oh, good. Get into voice acting. Uh, which, you know, of course, that's just like stepping through a looking glass, right? Just, mm-hmm. just jump into it. You can yeah. start to that, that for my part. And, you know, again, I, I saw social was lit up about that article this, this last week, just because, you know, in a, a, in a header heading to, you know, a little bullet point and a paragraph that basically tried to put in a nutshell, you know, what I've been doing for 12 years and well, sure. And not that nobody else can do it. Anybody can do it, but it's not like, again, you're not just going to turn a switch the next day and be like, well, now today I'm a social media marketer. I'm a Facebook advertiser. No, you have to learn. It is a lot easier today. Uh, there's more access to learn how to do all this stuff. I still remember <laughs> uh, as a child, you know, we had the encyclopedia books on my bookshelf. And whenever I had a report or something to do for school, I pulled out mm-hmm. whatever letter I needed and looked that up. And that was my research, you know, to, to but now we can go to Google, we can go to YouTube, we can go to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it's, you know, conjecture <laughs> on if that's accurate stuff or not. But you know what I mean? It's all it's all available. So it's, it is a lot easier to find reference, find resources that could teach you for free. Not just, it's not just easier. It's a, it's a different world. How did we ever survive? Do you remember the yellow pages? How did we ever survive? You looked, yes. you, you would look somebody up and you would phone somebody to ask them a question. It was, it was the dark ages. It was the dark ages. Or when movie times were in the oh. newspaper only. And then do you remember when movie phone came out and they started it oh. where now you could call and get the movie times. Okay. You're giving, you're giving me PTSD. Good days. All right. Let's, let's wrap things up. Let's put a button on this. Rachel, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for joining us for show notes. If you, for links to everything that we have covered here today on gray matters, you can just point your browser to 50.otech.com slash 54 gray. That's dototech.com slash 54 gray. Also there, we have a link for you to email us. We'd love to hear your thoughts of what you'd like to see us cover more of. And uh, give me your opinion on the, on this, on this, on this new, uh, this new uh, producer. You know, she doesn't see the email first. I see the email first. I'll, I'll you know, I, I have thick skin. I, I am 46. Oh, man. I can take it. Total transparency. Be what a way to end. Till next week. Have fun storming a castle. Yeah.